In a world where it seems totally normal to listen to a podcast about the Toronto Argonauts, it's the X's and Argos podcast. Welcome to the X's and Argos pregame walkthrough for week 14, brought to you by Funny Bone Broth. My name is Ben Grant, joined as always by JB, and we are getting you set for the Toronto Argonauts game at Ottawa to play the Red Blacks this Saturday, 4 p.m. First, we'll start off with some news. We've got then some transactions, some injuries to go over. OCDC will come your way as always. One thing and then a prediction. JB, let's get it started off, though. Boris the Boot. News and notes. He leads the news and notes. Boris the Boot getting honored as one of the outstanding players of this week. But not only that, I saw that the Toronto Argonauts used your nickname. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's certainly possible we came that you know that it was reached that independently. Um, but that's great news for Boris. He he deserves the credit. Um, he has been a fantastic offseason signing. He he brought something to the team we desperately needed. And, you know, I'm, I'm really happy for him because he has been um, a superb, uh, a superb special teamer for, for the Argos. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always in favor of kickers getting a bit of glory. And he's not only not only been great on the field, he's a great team guy. He's so much fun to watch at practice and he's so into it, uh, you know, as much as anyone else on the team. He's right in there. He's always very involved. I love watching him playing, lining up for the scout team and stuff like that, too, which uh, he has a great time doing. He's an amazing athlete. But the one thing I didn't think we were getting when we signed Boris Beattie in the offseason was a consistent kicker. I didn't think consistency came with the Boris Beattie package. I knew we were getting that sort of bomb yardage, the attempts from 55 plus. I knew that was was part of the Boris Beattie deal, but I expected there to be misses all over the place. But I was fine with that trade-off. I thought that was great after Tyler Carpina for a year where we were coming up short from field goals from 48, 49. I was okay with that, but he's been super accurate. Five for five last week. He's He's just had great game after great game and so knocking on wood hoping that continues but yeah very deserving of that honor the other bit of news from this week is that the Edmonton Elks have signed Nick Arbuckle through the 2022 season this means a couple of things for Toronto the most important one is that the draft pick that Toronto receives back from Edmonton is now guaranteed to be a second round draft pick instead of a third round draft pick That's huge because Edmonton is going to be either last or second last in the league by the end of the season. So this is either a 10th or 11th overall pick, which is tremendous value. And something that I I heard them saying on the Three Down Nation podcast this week too, which I hadn't even considered, is the fact that Edmonton is giving up more to get Nick Arbuckle than they got for trading away Trevor Harris. And I think that one is really fascinating. So Arbuckle signs to a reported $350,000 contract <laughs> for 2022. And good luck, Edmonton. Wow. Um, I am not looking forward to seeing them here in a couple of weeks, JB. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I, you know, from a, from a fan perspective, uh, I, I think that's a, a fantastic, juicy setup to have the, the three-headed monster of former Argos coming like the ghost of Christmas past <laughs> heading to try and destroy, um, our, our playoff, uh, our playoff chances. I, I'm, I'm, I love it. 
I love it. It gives that last game juice. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all for it if that game counts because uh, I don't fear the ghost of Christmas past. I do fear the ghost of Christmas past. And so I'm hoping that we've got it wrapped up by then. The game doesn't matter. We can all cheer on Arbuckle because we like Arbuckle and, you know, we want him to do well. Hope he succeeds. And instead, I'm terrified that that game is going to mean everything. And it's going to be an evening of Nick Arbuckle lighting us up with uh, deep balls to Darrell Walker and handoffs. <laughs> I just, I can't even, like James Wilder Jr. running for like 200 yards has also uh, flashed through my brain a few a few times. So I, I have concerns. But anyway, we'll save that for a couple oh, of weeks from me. now. Love but... it. Love, love a game with that level of juice. Great, oh. great playoff prepar- preparation. Um, bring it I think it'll be fun to watch uh, I think I'm going to chew my nails off if that uh, comes to fruition so we'll see some transactions this week so the Argos have released uh, DeAndre Wright who wasn't here for very long unfortunately and they've brought in two players that I think tell a little bit of a story because they kind of I think hint to the severity of injuries to Dexter McCoyle and uh, also to Peter Nicastro so I, I wasn't sure I know that you know both of those players were banged up and I wasn't really sure as to the extent of the injuries and you know how long term they might be but these two signings make me very nervous so let's look at each of them independently let's let's start with the um, the Nate Holly signing so Nate Holly's a linebacker and was the uh, Rookie of the Year in Calgary in 2019. And he earned the Most Outstanding Rookie Award. There was no real question about that. So he played in all 18 games. He had 78 tackles on defense, another 22 tackles uh, on specials, which was the, the third most special teams tackles in the league, seventh highest defensive tackles in the league as a rookie. Uh, 6'1", uh, 210. He can fly around. He hits like a truck. It's everything you want in a linebacker. And to me, this is too big a splash as a signing for what is going to be Dexter McCoy's position. Like this tells me they they may not think he's coming back. I agreed. I think that if you're bringing guys in at this late date, um, rather than trying to cover it up with with what you have in camp already. You're looking, you know, it, it means the replacement is not on the roster and you need a replacement, not not a stopgap. So, you know, with Moamba, they felt like it was going to be a game or two and they just tried to scrape by um, internally. But this feels like a move that has to that has to cover over, uh, unfortunately, at this late date, probably season ending injuries. Yeah, I'm, I'm really concerned about that. And I, I haven't heard anything official about that at all. But I, I'm sure we'll hear something shortly. But I expect Holly to be injected into the lineup pretty quickly. Uh, he's had a, a really interesting career to this point. He's just such a great CFL linebacker. That's really what he is. He, I know he had time with the Miami Dolphins, played a few games down there. He was cut with the last cuts of this uh, offseason in August. And has finally decided that he's going to come back up here and, and and play some football. But he just suits the CFL game so well. So I'm really excited to see him out there in double blue. The other signing, Jonathan Zamora, which I'm really excited about because I was excited about him in the 2020 draft. He was the center that I wanted Toronto to go after. 
And I was thinking that they would spend their second round draft pick on Zamora. He ended up going to Calgary in the third round. And of course, then Calgary ended up taking uh, Toronto's center, uh, McEwen, uh, who headed out that way. And I thought Zamora would be the perfect replacement. Well, now here he is. The controversial piece of this acquisition is that he was taken off Calgary's practice roster. And the reason that's controversial is that it just doesn't happen very much. There seems to be this sort of understanding among teams that you don't poach players from other teams' practice roster. You're, you're allowed to as long as you sign that player to your active roster. But it's not something that we've seen a lot of. We talked in the offseason about how there were a number of Toronto Argonauts we thought might be signed to the active roster of other teams. Because you can't tell me, looking at the talent on the, the Toronto practice roster, especially early in the season before everyone got hurt, that these players wouldn't have made the active roster in, in Edmonton, in, in Ottawa. Of course they would have. But there's this understanding that you just don't do that. So my question is, what sort of conversations went on with Calgary? Was this, were they backdoored here? Was there was there something <laughs> else uh, going on? I, I, I'm, I'm interested to know how this came about. How do you think this, this played out, JB? Well, I would say desperate times call for desperate measures. And I'm not a big fan of those gentleman agreement things. You know, look, this is a sport and everybody's competing against each other. And if it's available to you, look, somebody could have probably taken, you know, a Chempong from the Argos. They should have. You know, I mean, that's you're allowed to. The goal is to beat the other teams, right? Not to not to sing Kumbaya. And we need guys. And but you, you can't just let your ship take on water because you're worried that Calgary might get their nose out of joint, you know, don't worry about Calgary. I'm not, <laughs> I am not worried about Calgary, but I do think that contact oh, would have look, been made. I mean, down the road for sure. Calgary's going to take somebody. We tried the stash, but not this year. I, I feel like this, I, I think this would have been preempted with a conversation. Just given Coach Dinwiddie's relationship with Calgary, I feel like a call would have been made and they would have said, look, this is the situation. You know, we want to take this guy. You're going to leave him on the practice roster for the rest of the season. Uh, you know, we, we need him to start, you know, do it, do it for the, <laughs> do it, do it for the, the good of the, uh, this kid's career. But maybe, uh, I, I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. I feel like might have gone, might not have gone through coach at all and just, you know, front office is, you know, it's plan for keeps. Let's put this thing together. You can't, can't cost yourself a chance at the championship because you're worried about, you know, getting a Christmas card from John Huffnagel. The last thing that I want to talk about with regards to these transactions is as we were talking about last week after the Nick Arbuckle trade is these two signings don't happen if Nick Arbuckle isn't traded. That was the fear was that they knew they were in a position where, based on where they were with the cap, if they needed to sign more players, which they foresaw happening because it's football and that's what happens late in the season, guys get injured. Here you've got two more guys that have gone down, your starting center, a starting linebacker, and you need to replace them with quality pieces. If Nick Arbuckle is still on the Argos roster, you're not signing Nate Holly, you're not signing Jonathan Zamora. You're just trying to fill those gaps with what you've got, which means... Philip Blake playing center, putting in somebody at guard. And it means trying to go to war with the linebackers that you have in the room. And so this Arbuckle trade allowed them to make this move. And, and I think 
you're already seeing that. Yeah, that that makes sense. I, I get why this move was made. Yeah, I, I love it. And, you know, mark it on your calendar. Early next season, Calgary's coming looking for somebody that we stash. So be wary of stashing on the practice squad. There will be a might be a rough rider raid. There are a number of injuries still in every positional group on the Toronto Argonauts. A lot of guys that are still that haven't been activated yet. They're still on the six game um, injury list. In terms of players practicing this week, there are a few guys that are expected back, which is always a good sign. I think we're going to see Cameron Judge back this week, which everybody will be really happy about. I also think we're going to see Shane Ray back and Sean Oakman should be out there again. There was some concern that he'd be that he would be missing some time, but I think those three guys are going to be out there. I think Fabian Foote is going to be back out there. So those are all huge additions. Adding to that, uh, Alexandre Chevrier and Dylan Giffen both practiced in full. So great news uh, on that front. Still a, a ton of injured guys, but just getting getting Judge and Ray back, I think, are, are massive. Uh, guys that were listed as limited. So Devaris Daniels is listed as limited with a shoulder injury. I think he's going to play. Coney Ely was limited with a groin injury. I don't think Coney Ely is going to play. And I don't think Jamal Peters is going to play either. He was listed as limited with a knee injury. In terms of guys who did not practice, so the aforementioned Dexter McCoyle and Peter Nicastro, you've also got Tiggy Sanko with an elbow injury who didn't practice, uh, Patrick Lavoie with a hamstring injury, and DJ Foster with a foot injury. And I, I don't think we're going to see DJ Foster playing this week. I do think it's going to be AJ Wellette and John White. And this is probably a good test for John White. He, after some of the injuries that that he's suffered throughout the season, I'm not sure he has really ever been 100% since the opening week of the season. And he's now starting to look like the John White that we saw in BC a couple years ago. I'm expecting a big game from him. And with DJ Foster possibly sidelined, maybe that increases the number of carries that that you're looking at for for John White, at least if the game stays close. And I think if it if the Argos are able to create a bit of separation, then I do think you'll see uh, AJ Willette in there, which will be nice to see too, because we've been waiting to see to see AJ all season too. So, you know, that would be a good thing for the Argonauts. But that is the story with the injuries. A lot of guys coming back, still a lot of guys waiting to come back. Uh, you know, we're still waiting for the Argos to activate guys like Joan Breskison, who I think is getting close to being 100%. Eric Rogers has been out for a long time. It'd be great to have him back too. So a lot of guys that that the team is waiting on, but at least there are uh, some, at least there's some relief coming in this week. Let's turn our attention now to the game. Argo's playing the Ottawa Red Blacks this week in Ottawa. There's not much to say in terms of an overview for this game other than it has to be a win. It has to be a win in which the Argos are up early that gives them an opportunity to rest people to allow people to heal that maybe aren't quite 100% yet. And you just can't be in a tight game. If you hope that this team is going to be the representative of the East uh, champion, then you cannot be in a tight game against the Ottawa Red Blacks. And I know the Argos were in a tight game against the Red Blacks a few weeks ago, at least through the first half. That can't happen again. We can't have another first half like that. They've got to come exploding out of the gate, put this one to bed by the end of the first quarter, and have fun with it. Enjoy playing some football. Get some guys in that haven't had a chance to play yet and notch another win uh, in the standings and separate yourself a little bit from, from Hamilton and from Montreal. 
JB, let's get into your favorite segment of the week. It's time for OCDC. <laughs> we will be OC and DC for the Ottawa Redblacks first. I'll start it off, JB, with the Ottawa Redblacks. So my plan is really simple this weekend. It kind of goes away from the Paul Lapalise style of play. They've been pretty conservative ever since Caleb Evans took over. And, and I get why. I'm not criticizing Paul Lapalise for that. But I don't think this is the game for that. I think at least early on, if if I'm the OC of the Ottawa Redblacks, I'm trying to win the game. And I think that the only way the offense can contribute in that regard is I think they've got to, they've got to, it's got to be bombs away. I am going deep again and again. I'm taking both downs and I'm just launching a home run ball and hoping that, that, you know, we can make it connect and, or get a PI call, something like that. I just, I look at this Ottawa offense and we saw it a few weeks ago. They just don't have the tools. There's nothing about this Ottawa offense that convinces me that if I come up with a clever scheme of dinking and dunking my way down the field, even against that Chris Jones shell, I just don't think I'm going to be able to put up enough points. And so if I think the offense needs to score, and I think they do, I think, you know, Ottawa's defense and special teams are great. The Ottawa offense needs to put points on the board. If they don't, there's no chance Ottawa wins this game. So I am just going to the air. And and if it's deep bomb incomplete deep bomb incomplete punt that's fine because otherwise it would have been incomplete five yard pass three yard run punt so you know i'm okay with with just trying to light it up so that is my offensive plan for the ottawa red blacks jb you are the defensive coordinator for the red blacks what is your game plan against the argos i i would bring heat Uh, i think the line has shown um, some weakness at, at picking up uh, stunts. So if I'm Ottawa, uh, I'm going to try and stir up as many exotic blitzes as possible. Um, I think that from a defensive point of view, you know they want to, to, to push that ball um, down the field deep. Uh, so I would probably you know play a fairly deep shell. Um, in terms of, again, you know, asking the quarterback to kind of take the short underneath stuff as long as he can, and then, you know, occasionally give him a, you know, a one robber look. Uh, but uh, if, if I'm Ottawa, I would, much like you say, they have nothing to lose. They'd love to spill strawberry jam all over the Argos uh, championship picture. So why not? run all those blitzes that you just run in practice to keep guys interested, um, you know, during the season, dial them up, you know? So, I mean, if you lose by 30, who cares? Uh, so I think that makes Ottawa very dangerous, to be honest. I think it's, it's always difficult and dangerous to play a team that has nothing to lose. So, uh, you know, because they can do that without fear. Most teams don't, won't run exotic blitzes because of, you know, you're afraid of giving up points. You don't want to lose the field position, yada, yada. If if Ottawa doesn't play that way, then I say shame on them. And I think you can add to that, that these coaches probably aren't worried about their jobs. I no, think they're coming back. Right. I don't think you're doing anything with, with all these coaches that you just signed. So it's not like it's going to be like, what, you lost to Toronto by 30? You're at the door. And so, yeah, no, I think that it makes them even more scary because you can do whatever you want. You have a carte blanche in this game. So, yeah, it's a, it's a scary team to play against. It shouldn't matter because the skill level is so different, but it's a concern. We, we saw even as bad as the 2019 Argos were, 
at the end of the season, they were they were they almost beat Montreal in Montreal. They almost beat Hamilton in Hamilton. They hammered the Red Blacks again and again, but they they were a dangerous team down the stretch. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it's a wonderful feeling to have no fear of losing. So that 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 makes them dangerous. I, I you, that's why you have to get up big early and make them give up. Let's cross over to the other team's bench now being the coordinators for the Toronto Argonauts. So I, I want to explain my rationale for my offensive plan this week. Because I actually think the way to attack Ottawa, I would actually think the way that I would attack the Red Blacks if I believe they were going to give Toronto a, a serious threat would be through screens and RPOs, quick passes. I think that there's room there. I think there's a ton of room to beat the Red Blacks that way. That said... I don't want that to be my plan this week because I think I can beat the Red Blacks without using that stuff. Instead, what I want to do, because I think it's important going forward, is I want to establish the run. I want to be a dominant running team in this game. I want to put up a ton of running yards. I want to pound the ball with AJ Wallet if he's out there playing. I want to run a lot with, with White. I want to get White involved in the passing game as well. But I want these running backs to be the stars. Because that's sort of what's missing right now. And we saw where the Argos struggled over the last few weeks when they were in situations where they just simply couldn't run the football. Everyone in the building knew that McLeod Bethel Thompson was dropping back to pass and he was just getting hammered again and again and again. He took way too many hits. He's taken way too many hits really since the last Hamilton game. And it's because that that lack of running game it, it makes the defensive line that they're facing know that they can pin back their ears and rush after the quarterback because they know that the run isn't a threat. So that needs to change. So my plan will be establish the run and then keep running after that. Do nothing but run the football and force yourselves to be successful. Challenge your offensive line this week. Say, this is the game plan. If we lose, it's on you guys not run blocking. We're running down their throats. Where do you go for the defensive coordinator's uh, call for the Toronto Argonauts, JB? Uh, defensively, I think the goal here is to sh- put nothing on film. Um, that was the goal against BC. Certainly, I don't think um, any of that defensive film is much use to anybody. Uh, I think you're trying to stay vanilla. I'd probably go cover three the whole game. I'd probably stay in something I don't plan on using in the playoffs. Um, I'd love to see a stop allowing touchdowns through the air. Um, so I'd probably go with cover three most of the game, um, see how it looks, give everybody a different look. I wouldn't send really many blitzes at all. Um, I think at this point you're trying to keep as, as, as little as you can on film. So if you can get away with, with beating Ottawa uh, without revealing anything, I think that's, that's a good sign. And you take away the deep, uh, you know, the deep bust pass, which has been a terrible weapon against the Argos. I, Ottawa is not going to move up and down the field. I, I, I just don't believe that that they have that ability. So I would just keep a nice deep shell and, uh, you know, get in some good, uh, get in some good pursuit practice. It's time for one thing. And I, I feel like I'm sort of playing the role of JB this week because my one thing is something that you've asked for many times and it ties into my offensive coordinator plan. I want to see rushing yards. I want to see at least, at least 120 rushing yards for the Argos. And that's that's the, that's the floor. I, I want it to be a guarantee 
that the Argos will get to 120 rushing yards. And I think, <laughs> you know, anything beyond that is great, but it, it's just, it's got to be there. If this team hopes to do something going forward, you can't put it all on McLeod Bethel Thompson because we know, we know that doesn't work. We know that if all of the defense that you're facing has to do is guard against McLeod Bethel Thompson, there's a way to do it. And and that's not something that Toronto can afford to to run into in the playoffs. There needs to be a, a threat of the run. And in truth, he's not that guy. You know, I think that he is he is a complementary aspect of this offense, but he he's not he's not that guy. You know, put the team on my back. That that isn't, in my opinion, that is not who he is. He is um, an efficient quarterback who can play within a system. Um, so I think the more you ask of him, the deeper water you get into. I think you want to ask of him certain things and getting up and down the field. But, uh, you know, he, he's not a quarterback, I, I would suggest, who you're looking to to ride with an 80-20 split. I think we've seen that all season. When, when that happens, uh, it's, it's not a good mix. I mean, especially, you know, I mean got to get better running the ball i mean you've got to be able to at least try in the playoffs to run the ball i mean teams that know you're throwing the ball are gonna just take you apart on that offensive line yeah no exactly and we've seen that when mcleod does have run support he's played really well because teams have to creep in they've got to you know press up their corners a little bit everyone's coming in for run support now that's when he can really excel and beat you over the top so yeah, that's what I want to see. That's what I want to see this week. Uh, where are you? Where are you going for your one thing? Well, I had I had a couple I kind of kicked around. Um, I would love to see them score more than twenty four on the road, uh, which we haven't done yet. Um, still would love to see a pick six, but I think what I'm going to go with this week against Ottawa is a, z- a zero turnover game. I'd love to see them have some real ball security. And, uh, you know, really make that a focus to to have no turnovers. You know, don't it's not there. You know, take the sack, you know, throw it away. But, uh, you know, be smart with the football. Predictions for this game are kind of tough for me because I think this really nothing would surprise me, I guess, other than an Ottawa win. I really don't see Ottawa winning this game. I, I do think. It's going to, unfortunately, I do think it is going to be a little bit tight early. I've asked, you know, for that not to happen. If You know, I want that to be a priority, getting up early, shutting them down. But I just haven't seen the Argos do that a lot. And the last game against Ottawa didn't make me feel any better about that. So for my prediction, I think it's going to start pretty slow. I think it's going to be a defensive battle. And then the Argos will slowly pull away. And I see this being a 22-9 to final, Toronto 22 Ottawa nine. What's your prediction, JB? Um, I'm going to go 24, 14. Uh, I think that there is the chance that Ottawa breaks a special teams touchdown. Um, and that makes it a little closer, but I, I think, you know, I think that the team survived a scare against BC, you know, the sporting gods were with us and now it's time to go out there and take care of business and, and get the, get the mindset back uh, for the final two games and certainly a huge game against Hamilton. I think you want to be, I think you want to be dialed in and, and this is an important game to, uh, 
to take care of. And again, it's really important to get another road win. You know, it, it can't just be we can only win at home. No, and even if it even if it means uh, you know even if it's that Toronto gets to play at home, even if they seal the East, I just think it's I think it's great for a team's confidence to be able to get another road win. I think being able to put this one away early would do wonders in that regard. Like I said, I don't think that's going to happen, but I hope it does because I think that will go a long way to sort of I, I, I guess getting the team to really believe in themselves and believe that you know what we we can do this. This is going to be our division, and everyone's going to have to come through BMO the rest of the way. So, yeah, I, I I don't see why that can't happen. Well, that will just about do it for us on this episode of the X's and Argos pregame walkthrough. Be sure to check out my interview with AJ Jackiebeck, which is coming up tomorrow, I believe. He's the play-by-play voice for the Ottawa Red Blacks. Um, TSN 1200's AJ Jackiebeck joins us again. So that will be posted on X'sandargos.com. And if you've got time, please take a second to rate, review, and push subscribe so that our podcasts always show up right there on your phone. For JB, this is Ben Grant saying so long, and may all your pre-snap reads be good ones. I'll see you. Go Toronto Argos, go, go, go. Pull together, fight the foe, foe.